0: Welcome to the Grow Through International Expansion Podcast. I'm Oliver Dowson. Let me be your guide as to how businesses, all kinds of businesses, small and large, can grow, solve their business problems, increase their profits and grow their value. In these podcasts, we talk to all sorts of interesting people that bring their skills, experience and insights to all aspects of international expansion. I hope you like these podcasts. If you do, subscribe and keep listening every week. We love comments too. And do share and tell others. And check out our resources on our growinternational.org website. Last month. I visited the annual Going Global exhibition at the London Excel Centre. It's a big event, and it's part of the business show. The sad part is that, like other recent years, there weren't many visitors who were representing companies thinking of international expansion. Pretty sure we have more listeners to this podcast every week than visited that exhibition over the two days. However... For those looking at expansion, it's a great opportunity to see a lot of the professionals that you'd need to work with all in one place and to get some new ideas for countries and regions worth expanding to. While I was there, I took the opportunity of recording some short podcast conversations with many of the exhibitors, asking them the questions that... I think potential customers would want to. Over the next few weeks, we'll be including those conversations in our growth Through International Expansion podcasts. So if you can't wait a year for the next exhibition, I'll be giving you a whistle-stop tour in four episodes without your needing to get out of your chair. The next three podcasts are themed on countries and regions, but this time, here's three conversations on a variety of topics all essential to things to think about when you're considering international expansion. Before we start, an apology. You won't be surprised when I tell you that an exhibition is a very noisy place. So although my expert sound engineering colleague has done his best, there's going to be some background noise in all these conversations. I hope it doesn't spoil your interest or your enjoyment. First stop is with Claire Mann of Dane's Trademark and Patent Attorney. Every company has intellectual property of some kind or another. It might just be its business name, but some may have physical products, unique services, software, or distinctive branding. that's critical to your marketing. Most, but not all, will already be on top of protecting that IP from possible competitors in their home country. But international expansion brings a whole new raft of concerns. The protection that's been put in place might not extend to the country you're expanding to, or you may find that there's another company already there that's using IP that you depend on. It's essential to consult a specialist early on. And Claire's firm, Dane's is a leader in Europe. Here's conversation with Claire. So I'm with Claire Mann of Danes Patent and Trademark Attorneys. Uh, Claire, thank you for talking to me on growth through international expansion.
1: You're very welcome. I'm pleased to speak.
0: Um, so. Patents, trademarks, intellectual property, all highly critical things for a business going international. Tell us what you do.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, Well, Danes is an established patent and trademark attorney firm coming up for our centenary next year. And we we act exclusively in the field of intellectual property. And by that, um, intellectual property, or IP as it's known, is an umbrella term covering patents, trademarks, designs and copyright. Um, I myself am a chartered trademark attorney, so I advise clients on brand names, logos, how to protect them and how to enforce them.
0: So it's uh, it's obviously really essential. Do you also extend into things that are that much less tangible, things like um, software?
1: Software is always a tricky subject when it comes to intellectual property. Um, I mean, certainly on the patent side of our firm, we we have people who can definitely advise on the patentability of software. I think it's more about um, what the software achieves rather than than the software itself. Different countries have different laws when it comes to what can be patented Um, and I know in the UK it is it is quite tricky um, when you're talking about patenting software. As I say I'm a trademark attorney so My expertise, unfortunately, does not lie in in that particular area.
0: Okay, sure. Trademarks in every country of the world?
1: Yes, pretty much every country that has a legal system will have some kind of way to protect trademarks. And as a firm, I mean, while we're based in the UK and Germany, um, we do assist our clients all over the world. So if they're looking to expand and export products into... Well, anywhere you can think of. I mean, the main main audiences, I suppose, U.S., Australia, Japan, China. Um, we can we help our clients to register their rights, their their trademarks in those territories, and then help them to enforce them if they come across issues or third parties who are infringing down the line.
0: And obviously, I think it's pretty critical to actually start looking at this protection very very early on in your international journey, um, because I. I was talking only last week to a business that uh, has actually got into trouble for having another company protect the same trademark. Um, even though they've been trading under that name for a couple of years already themselves.
1: That's right. It it is something that companies do have to think about very early. Um, As soon as you have any ideas that you're going to start exporting or providing services elsewhere, it is crucial that you think about getting your trademarks registered, because there is a chance, there's always a chance that somebody else in those other territories has come along first and has registered something which is very similar to, to your trademark. Um, And that could be totally innocently, they won't know about you, but they've come up with a very similar mark and you could end up in a position, um, an undesirable position, where you can use your trademark in connection with your goods or services in one country, but you can't in another country because somebody else already has a very similar mark registered. Um, so yes, it's crucial when you're looking to um, expand globally that you, you think about your, getting your trademark protection in place right from the start.
0: Changing subject completely, but still focusing on international business essentials, we come to the Spanish for Executive stand and meet Maria Line valentuela Being able to converse in the language of your chosen country is always a good thing, of course. But when it comes to doing business in a non-English-speaking country, the value really hits home. Even where it seems that everyone you meet speaks English, there's still enormous value in understanding, speaking, reading, and writing their language too. Whether it's just understanding those little side conversations that people you meet have between themselves in their own language, or being able to negotiate a complex sale or contract, nothing, to my mind, beats speaking the lingo. I know that from my own experience. I'm fortunate to speak a few languages, including Spanish, and understand bits of a couple of others, but have also done a lot of business in some countries where I didn't understand a word. I know that there I didn't do as good a job or get as good a deal simply because of that. One of the most widely spoken languages on the planet is Spanish. It's the lingua franca, not just of Spain, but of most of the countries in South and Central America. Spanish is therefore a really useful language to learn, and you'll no doubt find it very useful on holiday too. Here's my conversation with Maria Line Valenzuela. Maria, I know why Spanish is such a useful language, but why don't you tell our listeners why it is?
2: I would say that Spanish is important because we speak Spanish in 21 countries as an official language, and there are many people across the world we choose this language as a communication tool. So, when you learn Spanish and when you use Spanish, you're connecting, you're building bridges, which are across borders.
0: And what sort of training do you offer?
2: What we do, Spanish for Executives Limited Company, we offer tra- uh, tailor services uh, and tailor programs to executive level and decision makers.
0: So, is this sort of face-to-face teaching or is it online teaching
2: both of them uh, we do deliver face to face and we also um, have a very important detail section that we connect uh, with people across the world.
0: I mean, I speak Spanish because I have a, some background in it. Nice. But tell me but tell me, what variety of Spanish do you normally teach? Spanish-Spanish or uh, South American-Latin Spanish?
2: We do tailor the program according to the goals of each of our students. So, If you want to trade with Peru, we will try to find a Atita, which is an expert of uh, Peruvian features and markets and sector that you are targeting. So we wouldn't say that there is only one Spanish, as you know. Uh, We would say that each particular um, student has his own Spanish and it's going to enable to connect with the whole Spanish across the world, but um, always focusing on their special requirements.
0: OK, now I know, it's, I know there's, it's tailored, but for typical British executives, say, wanting to learn Spanish, how is the course typically structured? How long does the person have to commit to? So
2: there's no um, structure length or there's no obligation, because uh, the programmes are bespoke and are tailored. So, we do start from 10-week programmes, typically, and then we we extend as needed.
0: Okay, but ten weeks is ten weeks every day, all day or...?
2: It really depends on, on the needs of each student. We will say on a weekly basis or maybe twice a week. That would be the most our recommendation.
0: And what geography do you offer that in? Is that in Britain, in London or yes. all over the country?
2: Spanish Executive Executives is based in London, in central London and this is where our most of our clients are based but we're always open for business. Um, uh, nationwide and of course worldwide
0: What sorts of executives are most interested in learning Spanish I know the the British are terrible with languages we no, have an appalling no. reputation that's for learning languages
2: that's true but at all We only teach smart executives I would say <laughs> the ones that are interested in in trading um, overseas and in reaching 577 million people so that's what I would I, I say that they are the smart
3: one.
0: Moving on, I came to the stand of Expansion.Echo, where I met Carrie Schwetman. Expansion.Echo is based in Berlin, so they're good people to talk to about building a business in Germany. However, as I found out, they're not conventional business expansion consultants. In particular, they focus on two key issues. Firstly, they recognize that the vast majority of business startups fail, and that's not just where... They start and stay in their home country. Many international expansions fail too, and you, our listeners, will be well aware of that, as all the advice and ideas that we give in our podcasts and articles are intended to help entrepreneurs avoid making the mistakes that I and others have made in some of their overseas expansions. And so ensure you achieve success. I found it refreshing to find that Carrie and her colleagues put that risk out up front to their clients and concentrate their work on avoiding it. Secondly, they're heavily focused on environmentally conscious businesses. That's where the dot echo in their name comes from. All of us will be painfully aware from all that we see in the news of the results of pollution and global warming and the need for us all to play our part in reducing it. Some businesses are, of course, focused on that. But really, every business should be thinking about how it can address the issue and perhaps reinvent itself. Here's Kerry Fettman. So I'm with Kerry Schwartman of Expansion Echo. Kerry, thank you for talking to me today on Growth Through International Expansion. Tell us about Expansion Echo.
3: So as um, Expansion Echo, we help sustainable companies to enter the German market. Um, that's because we are German natives and yeah, we have the biggest knowledge of the German market and our first claim is that 80% of all market entries in on average fail, So, which is a very big number. It sure is, yeah.
0: Pretty depressing number in its way. It's
3: incredible. I mean, it's very, um, you know, maybe you know that in the startup world, over 90% of the startups fail. So that number is, I mean, it's. Startup, yeah.
0: Startups, sure. Um, here in Britain, it's something like 93%.
3: Yeah, I, I, I was aware of the number 92%, so we're very close, close aligned. It's <laughs> 92 point
0: something, and I was <laughs> rounding up, you're probably rounding down. Yeah. Um, but when you say market entries fail, you're talking about businesses that expand internationally fail?
3: Exactly, yeah. So we're referring to um, a pretty old study uh, conducted by McKinsey that time, um, and they have reviewed uh, business history and uh, business cases of the past, and then that was the conclusion that came to... And I think 80%, again, it's a very high number and it's actually pretty, I think, surprising because as um, we are all company owners ourselves, we think we make a good product or we deliver good services and we think, yeah, I mean, we are biased towards success and um, so it is even more surprising to just see that the number is so high. Okay.
0: And so how can you help reduce that or make sure that the new entrants that come by you are only part of the 20% that succeed. Yeah,
3: yeah so we have developed um, an approach that is basically taking the companies a step back. So as startups or even corporate companies, when they launch new products, they are very driven to go to market as quickly as possible. Um, because of course, the more time they take to deliver products, it will cost more money. So. Everybody is biased towards success, and we say let's wait a moment and let's test the market first. Let's drive um, a market validation. Um, let's drive a pilot project that will eradicate wrong assumptions, um, such as you know you know you have your hypothesis. Um, with which you enter the, a new market. And then we actually test these hypotheses and we are able to eradicate some of the assumptions in a way that makes the, the companies, you know, being, um, standing on a more solid foot before they enter.
0: And you're concentrating on the eco side of things. and That's, right. that's obviously very timely and even very timely as we talk because there's, there's this big United Nations conference coming up in Madrid. Um, tell us... What sorts of eco-focused companies are going to succeed in Germany?
3: I mean, we are right now focusing on food and beverage and fast-moving consumer goods. And uh, what we see, I mean, we see multiple trends um, emerging um, in the consumer space. And I mean, just take, for example, oat milk, right? Oat milk is the most um, CO2-friendly milk uh, substitute product on the market right now. Um, And we see more and more of those alternatives rising up. So um, offering alternatives that are more climate-friendly, but also suitable for vegetarians or vegans, um, we see a huge, a very strong trend arising in that space, for example.
0: I hope you found these conversations as interesting as I did and that you'll join me for our next Grow Through International Expansion podcast. I'll be talking with representatives of some interesting countries and regions that may not be on your radar. Before I go, if you haven't already installed the Grow International app on your phone or tablet, please do so. You'll find all our podcasts, videos, and articles right there. By week, building into a library of useful content covering all aspects of international business expansion. You can find the app on the Google Play Store and on the Apple App Store, and a link to install it, on the page accompanies this podcast on growinternational.org. Thanks for listening.